60 years after the Birmingham Children's Crusade, youth still fight for racial justice. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with Dennis Moynihan in our weekly Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. Students nationally rallied on May 3rd for the freedom to learn, taking action to challenge censorship, book banning, and voter suppression sweeping the country. They're demanding the right to learn their history and that of their forebears, even if it makes others uncomfortable. The day of protest fell on an auspicious anniversary. Sixty years earlier, on May 3, 1963, thousands of young people risked their lives in Birmingham, Alabama, on the second day of what became known as the Children's Crusade. Images of the march shocked people worldwide, as black children and teens engaging in nonviolent protest were brutalized with police dogs, clubs and water cannons. Birmingham was considered the Jim Crow South's most segregated and most violent city, controlled for decades by a racist political boss named Bull Connor. The courage demonstrated by those young people that day was remarkable and contributed to enduring change, change that's now threatened. Sixty years ago today, I woke up with my mind on freedom. That's Children's Crusade participant Janice Kelsey speaking on the Democracy Now! News Hour. I had attended student nonviolent workshops, and I was prepared because I finally understood that it was more than just segregation, it was inequality. The Birmingham campaign was planned in secret in January 1963 by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. and a handful of his closest associates, including Ralph Abernathy, James Bevel, and Fred Shuttlesworth. The late Harry Belafonte rescued King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference from near bankruptcy, raising for the Birmingham campaign in one night at a fundraiser he hosted close to half a million dollars, almost $5 million in 2023 dollars. This history is detailed in the newly published You Have to Be Prepared to Die Before You Can Begin to Live, 10 Weeks in Birmingham That Changed America by Paul Kicks. The title's first sentence comes from words Shuttlesworth spoke at Belafonte's fundraiser. Days later, the Birmingham campaign began, as Kicks quotes King, to break segregation or be broken by it. When it didn't take off with hope for intensity, King himself marched and was arrested. While in Bull Connor's jail, he clandestinely penned the letter from Birmingham jail. One of King's key advisors was Vincent Harding, an African-American war veteran who'd embraced nonviolence. Speaking on Democracy Now! in 2008, Harding explained the children's campaign. There was a whole development in which many of the protesters were young people, and in some cases children, who came to play a crucial role in leading the struggle against segregation, partly because many of the adults were afraid to, couldn't afford to, were worried about what would happen to them uh, and their livelihoods if they did it. Vincent Harding played a role in helping Dr. King deliver his secretly penned letter, which explained why American blacks, especially in the South, were tired of waiting for change. 
We know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed, King wrote. He added, we have waited more than 340 years for our constitutional and God-given rights, unquote. 340 years before 1963 was 1623, four years after 1619, the year the first ship carrying enslaved Africans arrived on the shores of what would become the United States. History matters. And right now, the right wing is attempting to obliterate the often violent, racist history of the United States. It's very discouraging and frightening to see leaders in legislation and governors who are trying to push back on the gains that were made due to the tremendous sacrifices that were made by young people 60 years ago. Not just uh, people like me who went to jail, but people like the four girls who were killed at church and the four young men who were killed in the communities that same Sunday, a lot of blood sacrifice went forth in order for us to gain the, uh, the measures that were gained. And it is frightening to see the big push by uh, people in leadership positions to return to the way we were. And I'm hoping and praying that our young people will step up again and say, no, we're not going back. Again, that's Children's Crusade participant Janice Kelsey. As this column was going to press, 10 young dream defenders committed to racial justice were occupying the office of Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Julia Daniel, one of the occupiers, said in a statement, he stokes division to try and make white people afraid, and I'm here to say that we will not be divided. We are stronger when we stand together, she said. Janice Kelsey needn't worry. Today's youth, like those of 1963, are taking a stand. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.